0: Hey everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me.
1: Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am doing just great. It's Friday during the height of the Mobile Mardi Gras season, so it's a carnival outside the window. I mean, are you throwing beads or what? Not unless I see what I need to see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's not. That's not how it works here, the <laughs> that's not how it works here in Mobile, but, uh, no, uh, there will be a big parade at approximately six thirty uh, later this evening, but, uh, people pour into downtown earlier than six 30 to get the revelry started. A lot of bars downtown. So a lot of people make their way down here early and get juiced up before, uh, before the floats roll.
0: I had an interesting lunch yesterday. We, we go to the same place every day we used to have this really cool setup i mean this is you know look it's friday's podcast y'all bear with me um we had this thing called the lunch bunch and back in the day maybe in the early 80s late 70s my dad and about 20 other 25 other dudes bought a house and bought the house next to that house like one house was nice and big and old the other one was a little smaller and um they hired a guy and his and who had a family to live in the other house and he would come over and and, you know, cook for lunch and, and bartend in the evenings, you know, when, for um, after hours or for parties or things like that. And so it was a great setup. I mean, it's sort of like a little mini country club-y kind of thing without the golf course and without all the other bullshit. And the club grew and grew and grew and grew to about 50 members at one time when I was in it. And then just uh, because Ellick City changed so much and a lot of guys retired to Lake some of them died, some of them moved, some of them whatever, we eventually – about two years ago, I had to sell the house um, and se- actually sell both houses and, you know, the it was gone. So what we do now, there's still a core group of about six to eight of us that eat lunch every day at the same restaurant, Big B Barbecue here in Alexander City. And, uh, you know, so some combination of the crew will eat there every day. And so yesterday we're there with like five or six of us and uh, Tommy Tuberville is on uh. his uh Ah yes. Uh, His campaign trail. And he pulls up and eats at the restaurant. And they're like, you know, sorry guys, you may have to wait a little longer. Cover wheel here. He's got a ton of people here. And so he starts making the rounds in the restaurant. He comes in and um he uh sort of sits, you know, he doesn't sit with us, but he stands there and they're recording all this. They're videoing all this. They've got this huge boom mic. I mean, it's like all jammed up in our lunch. And I think a lot, you know, the table was probably five who I would consider Republicans to some degree or another and one Democrat who is a trial lawyer and, uh, Tom, you know, Tuberville, it was kind of awkward. Cause it's, you got to feel bad for the guy because he, he has to go around and see all these people. And like, you've got to always come up with more shit to talk about. And, and it's tough because you're being videoed and recorded. So like we didn't want to start a conversation for something that may be, um, inappropriate. And, you know, at lunch, we're incredibly inappropriate. That's what we did. <laughs>
1: That's uh, the lunch bunch. It's the we point. Didn't,
0: we didn't really know what to talk about. And so he was literally like had both fists on the table, sort of leaning over on him, And he was sort of looking around the table and there was just this awkward silence. It was just awful. And so he said something to the effect of, so y'all tired of winning yet? You know, cause he's been, he's been sort of, um, I guess brown nosing Trump pretty good. I mean, that's what all you could say that. are doing right now. And um, the the lone Democrat, who's a pretty funny guy, he said, um, "He said, yeah, I'm, he said, I'll be honest, I'm tired of the way y'all are
1: winning."
0: But he was kind of, you know, we missed the golden opportunity for telling him to do what what he could do with that thumb um, when he was bragging Force. about it as all You know, he he said now, I mean, that's that's his new campaign slogan because we told him everybody at the table was an Alabama fan. And he said, well, he said, y'all ought to vote for me more than anybody because I'm the reason y'all have Nick Saban. So that's his campaign
1: (laughs) slogan. And there is some truth uh, there's There is enough truth in it to make that a little funny. Yeah. That Um, is a little funny.
0: So, Jimmy, I mean – I don't want to talk about basketball anymore right now. I'm too tired. I mean, it could go really either way. Instead, I think I'm going to talk about um, BAM Online put out their top 10 players in the state. And I guess it's just they didn't really put them out. This is the way they're ranked based on the new 24-7 rankings themselves. Mm -hmm. But I found it kind of interesting. Number one, I mean, if you just want to go – through the rankings themselves and you look at number 10 it's uh tim keenan uh from ramsey who i think i really feel like he should be better than that and then number nine right. guy that has gotten very little publicity that's ian jackson a linebacker from
1: i uh i love both of those kids files alabama i'll i, I bait and again i can base it on nothing more than what i see on junior tape i, I i'm not you know fan we, we we don't get the private legit measurables if these kids have been to camp at Alabama where they're measured and everything else or been so I don't I don't know measurables on them I just know what I see on tape and based on what I see on junior tape if I was Alabama I would take Tim Keenan and Ian Jackson today uh in uh, in a typical year and that's how I rank play now of course I am going to rank guys in the top 16 in state I, I do that every year and 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 there are members at Crimson Country Club, and the people that follow me on Twitter seem to like it. And every so, I'm going to continue to keep a, a top 16, and and I'm still kind of putting it together. I want it to be as as accurate as I can. And uh, I, but I can also watch a tape and then tell you in a typical year where a kid should rank. You know, like I watch a tape and kind of come up with a grade. And like, well, when you have that grade, you would typically be here. And I say that to say Tim Keenan. To me is a top five guy now he might not be in the top five this year because it 's a really good year in state, but uh, to me, Tim Keenan is, is a top five talent uh, I, I really I expected less I expected le- even though i 'd known his name and been very aware of him for a couple of years, I expected to see a, a heavy legged sloppy space eater. He is absolutely nothing like that he's a disruptive playmaker he is more I think there's two types of interior tackles. There's a Daron Payne, who's a disruptive, athletic playmaker, and there's a Terrence Cody, who is equally valuable. He just does it differently. Terrence Cody eats up the entire A-gap and removes the idea of running the ball up the middle uh, you know, to the opponent. Uh, I expected to see Tim Keenan be a little like Cody. Instead, he's a lot more like Payne. He, he's, a, he's an athlete, plays with tremendous power, but he disrupts the opponent, gets in the backfield, and, and, and is more of a playmaker than I guess. I, I think Tim Keenan in a typical year is top five. Ian Jackson was also much different than I assumed. Uh, I'll tell you who Ian reminds me a little bit of, and, and this isn't the dead-on apples to apples, but uh, many of the same compliments I would give Ian would be the same compliments I would give DeMoy Kennedy a year ago. and And I say that in the sense that Ian is a linebacker, but he does all sorts of defensive. There's all sorts of defensive uh, tools in his toolbox. This guy's really good in coverage. I mean, like you watch him in coverage and you're like, can he play safety? I mean, he's that good in coverage. Then you watch him get downhill and rush the passer. And you're like, man, if he gets much bigger, he's he's like a jack. I mean, he he just gets downhill and is a pass rusher. But then you watch him play inside linebacker in the tackle box, and you're like, whoa, don't move him out of there. Here's a guy that's going to rack up 100 tackles a year on the tackle box because he's a real active guy that's physical And so, I mean, Ian Jackson does everything. My knock on him is he's not very big, but that's exactly what I was saying about Des Moines Kennedy you know, a year ago. So uh, similar to Des Moines, not quite as long, and I think because he's not as long as Des Moines, he won't be ranked as highly. But the skill sets in the ballpark. And, and to me, Ian Jackson is definitely top 10. I would take him at Alabama. My worry with him is I'm not exactly sure what position he fits in because of his size.
0: Yeah. At, Bama Online compared him to uh, CJ Mosley and Rashawn Evans. I mean, so pretty I don't get the high Rashawn praise thing because there.
1: Rashawn was so long. You know, Ian's like six foot.
0: Yeah. And, that's what i thought too and yeah. this guy's six uh
1: 6'1", 208, so really probably more like six foot six 200. foot 200, I mean, six foot two hundred yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and um it's hard <clears throat> to even find a comparison uh you know six foot two hundred but i, mean, I, I think maybe this comparison's not crazy sean dion hamilton you know roughly that size um mm. but sean dion wasn't as athletic as this. This guy's more athletic than Sean Deion. This guy can. I swear, you watch the tape and you convince yourself that maybe his best spot safety. But because everybody in the world's recruiting him at linebacker, my feeling is the colleges are already aware this is a kid that's going to gain significant weight. So maybe you know maybe Christian Harris is only six foot tall really. So that that might not be a bad comparison. But I if like he's just Ian Jackson
0: Christian Harris. Then that's the well, thing.
1: Well, Christian Harris ended up weighing, you know, two thirty-five by the time he left high school. But and he was a defensive back, you know, when he was in high school. That's what I'm saying—the comparison there, because because Christian Harris is—I don't know what we list him as, but he couldn't be too much over six foot. I mean, he's he might be six one. Uh, but uh, Ian Jackson is is you know at number nine. I think it's very very fair about where I would put him. I would just tell everybody that's listening that uh, that I, if I'm Alabama, I take Ian Jackson today. <clears throat> Number
0: eight was Jordan Mosley uh, from down in your area, McGill Tulan, and um, it's interesting. You know they've got this picture, and this is all I really know about him. This they they have a picture of him associated with this article, and he looks so thin, he but he got one, he's got one of these V V shaped looking torsos that you really want, or almost a Y, I should say, because it's really thin at the waist, but then it. About midway up, it really starts to go outward. Maybe it's just the way the picture is, but I like the way the frame is. Um, and he's 5'11, 179. So, I mean, again, I, I always take an inch away and, and take about 10 pounds away. I mean, so I'm guessing <laughs> you're right, 5'10, 170. Um, he's committed to Tennessee right now. He's not originally from Alabama which is something the article brings up too. So I don't know that he's necessarily going to, you know, if Alabama offers, he's just going to do backflips. But I think he would certainly listen to Alabama's offer. In what fact, up. I found it interesting what he says is, right now, this is my final decision. Something yeah. might happen a few years from now. I don't know. This is where I want to be. I mean, that's, that if yeah. a woman told you that when you asked her to marry you, you'd be like, well, do you take the ring or not? I don't even, you know?
1: Yeah, he was one – I mean, I know him. his game well. He's one of my lo- local kids here right now. Right now, I would tell you he's the third best player at Mobile behind Lee Hunter and uh, Deontay Lawson right now. But I'm not sure I'm going to have that same opinion uh, over the next month or two. But but he's definitely worth a long look. Tennessee is not crazy to take him. His best uh, His best skills are he's explosive. I mean, the speed is real. So that that's enough of a reason right there. The speed is real. The burst is real and he's a' he's, he's a skilled player uh he's not big uh and he's not I, I I'll be surprised if he's a star player at the next level but is he good enough to play in the SEC 100 percent yes uh and and he's he's a take I think he would be a real you know if Alabama wants my opinion and of course they should uh I, I think he is a Please get get him in camp and take a closer look. Uh, that's what I would say about him. As opposed to I just said Keenan and Ian Jackson are takes. Mosley's more of a let's take a long look and, and get after we get him in camp.
0: Uh, that's probably a good call. I mean, and again, receiving recruiting is going to be so important this year. That you can't just take a chance on somebody. If this if this kid were coming in with the class with Rugs and and Judy, uh, you know, and Devontae Smith, maybe you take a, a flyer on him. But um I, you can't just do it without seeing a little bit more from him. Number seven on the list is Jalen White, who we talked about yesterday, the running back from Dothan, who is. We're skyrocketed up number 126 on the rankings. He only had about 900 yards rushing last year, but he did have 16 touchdowns. That's a good yards-to-touchdown ratio right there.
1: You know what's real interesting? I mean, I'm going to watch the tape again, and, and, and yeah, we've talked about Jalen White, because he's a guy I didn't know much of. I didn't really hear his name a lot until the very end of, of 2020 recruiting is the first time I really like uh, – Dothan's got a junior – as a matter of fact, the first time I heard his name, I, I, I'd heard he was 2022 guy. You know, so I didn't even really know what class he was in. And then, uh, and then uh, you know, he makes it onto my list of 50 guys to look over. And, and, and of all 50, he might be the one that was like, I had no idea this guy was this good. You know, uh, I, I'll put it this way. I, it's easy for me to go overboard. I'm the overboard guy. But uh, based on what Jalen White looks like on tape, and based on what I thought of Roy Dell Williams one year ago, they're the same guy. I mean, that's my that's my compliment to him, and I mean to, I mean it as a compliment, but also don't mean to say he should be national top fifty and a five star. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying whatever you thought of Roy Dell Williams, I think Jalen White's in that neighborhood.
0: Interesting, because the very next guy on the list is Armani Goodwin committed to Auburn from Trustful. Uh, Trustful has been, uh, you know, cranking out some talent here of late. And Armani Goodwin, I, I've been impressed with him ever yeah. since I saw him. He, he sort of burst onto the scene, I think, as a ninth grader at Florence. Yep.
1: I think Florence at or Muscle Florence. Shoals. Yeah, it was, it's Florence or Muscle Shoals. I'm
0: almost positive it was Florence. Oh, you're and right. he, he transferred um, to Trustful. And, um, but the thing about him – uh 5'8 190. Um I, he is very strong, but 5'8, 190, you start getting into the that's it, it's it's tough to play running back right you know in this league. Um at,
1: at with at 5'8. He, he I think he's overrated, but I, by overrated, I know I know the, the handful of Auburn fans the store podcast will go there. He goes, there he goes. Auburn no, uh what 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 I'm saying about him is Here's a guy that Alabama would not take. He's too small, and that's why I don't think he should be in the top 10 in a loaded year in state because, to me, the top 10 guys should be guys that Alabama and Auburn both w- really want. Uh, I-, I don't know that Alabama would take good one simply because Alabama under Saban has had an aversion to small backs. This guy's small. I mean, he's small. Now, f- 190 at his height, I'm not talking about he's a waif. He's strong. And he's small. I wouldn't rate him in the top 10. Now, that said, I'm a fan of the scat back playmaker because there are things you can do with them other than just lining them up at tailback. This kid is going to be hell on jet sweeps. He might be a great punt returner. He'll be very difficult to cover in the slot. He will hit a home run. If if he gets past the line of scrimmage, he's going to hit a home run here and there. The speed is real. Uh, His tape surprised me a little bit. I was expecting to see a really good high school back, you know, that plays for such a good program that it's hard to look bad at trustful. But I saw a kid much better than that. I mean, I I think Goodwin is the small back that is absolutely an SEC football player. And, and it's hard to find those guys. There's a lot of small backs who are effective in high school, but it's hard to find the small back. That's also going to be good at the next level. And I think Goodwin will be, but In a loaded year, for me, he's someone that should rank between 10 and 20. Uh, I wouldn't take him if I'm Alabama in our system, but I do think he could be a good player at Auburn in a committee situation.
0: Yeah. I I could see that. Um, And that's the thing is he uh, – I hate to say he's overrated because I, I, but I get what you're saying, and I think on the service I would agree with you. That being said, I've always really liked him, um, and, and he is incredibly productive. However, you could counter that by saying that may be part of the system. And the Hewitt Trustful is a team that slings it around all over the place, sort of a hurry-up type deal. And they've had some offensive weapons like you wouldn't believe. I mean, Malachi Moore, Pierce, Pierce Quick, uh, Paul. Paul Tyson. I mean, they, they've they had some good receivers too, uh, one who went
1: to, one that went to Auburn.
0: One who went to Auburn, one, one went to Auburn. Miami. So, I mean, they, you know, they've got uh, they've had some weapons. And so I think this year may be a year where we see uh, if if he's going to be the bell cow back. Now, it's one thing to be that back when you have so many other players taking a little bit of the heat off. So And, and the other thing that makes me think you may be correct is that he has been injured um and he he got hurt after only three games last year and, and that's yeah. got to be taken into effect
1: um so when i say overrated i mean what i mean by overrated is i think he's probably like what seventh on their list i'd put him more like 13th or 14th is that yeah. really me saying he's over i'm not saying he's oh don't take him he's not an sec guy. i'm just saying uh, in a loaded year seven's a little high for me for him but Hey, in a loaded year, if you're 13th, 14th, 15th best player in Alabama, you're a damn good football player.
0: The next two guys, uh, Jeremiah Williams from Ramsey, another Ramsey guy on this list, pretty incredible. They're going to have a defense that make make uh, an onion cry. And then Lee Hunter, uh, of course, committed to Auburn from Blunt, uh, listed as a four-star now, not a five-star anymore. But I think you disagree with that. I mean, in fact, do you think Lee Hunter's the best prospect
1: in the state? Uh, Right now – no. Uh right now I I am I'm leaning I'm leaning towards Dylan Brooks as number one and Lee Hunter three. So I am also lowering my opinion of Hunter slightly, but nothing like 24-7 has done when they dropped him down to somewhere around 60 in the nation. I think Lee Hunter should be a significant candidate to be a five-star. Notice I didn't say five-star. Significant candidate to be a five-star, in my opinion, whereas Dylan Brooks and JaQuincy McKinstry are just more certain to be five-stars. So that's why I would have them one and two. But I, I, I love Lee Hunter. It is, I'm not saying Alabama would have signed him had we offered him early like everyone else did. I'm just saying it would have given us a better shot if we had a longer relationship with the kid. Um, We we should have offered him earlier, but uh, he may have been pegged for Auburn all along. So I'm not really jabbing Alabama over it, but Lee Hunter is a a heck of a football player and he would be a take for me at any college in the country, which is what a five-star should be. I mean, if you're assuming he's eligible, and I believe he will be, uh, and assuming he could get into your school, the – I don't care who you are, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Southern Cal, Florida State, Oklahoma, Texas, they'd all take Lee Hunter. They should. Jeremiah Williams, by the way, interesting player. A take if I'm Alabama. I take You know, sometimes you take a kid, but you're not sure. I, I, I take him, but I'm not sure. He kind of looks the part more than plays the part. I love the frame. I love the tools. Recruiting is all about tools you take him on the tools i'm not i'm hoping that his best footballs ahead of him put it that way i i hope his best footballs ahead of him but with the tools you take him and he's a top 10 guy uh, to me uh i would put him more in the lower 10 8 9 10 somewhere in there but uh but really good and uh they're not a package deal i've never heard him referred to as that but uh <laughs> you could do worse than signing tim keenan and 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 jeremiah i mean williams uh, those That that'd be a nice duo to get from one place.
0: All right, this next guy, uh, Deontay Lawson from Mobile Christian. We talked about him on previous podcasts because I called him in the state championship game this past year. And again, all I can go by is what I saw that game, and what I saw that game did not make me think he was going to have this Mm -hmm. astronomical uh, blast off up in the rankings and he has he has also been named as an under armor all-american or excuse me i guess he's in the all-american bowl the army all-american because it's is uh in san antonio so he's uh you know he did have 144 tackles last year seven of them for loss seven sacks three picks they've got him number 46 in the country at 63, 214. now i will also say this i think those measurables are pretty doggone close to being legit yeah based on my being pretty close to him at one time. So yeah. um, having said all that, and I, again, just calling calling mm-hmm. it like I see it, I personally would have Lee Hunter ahead of him um, yeah. based mm-hmm. on just what Lee Hunter too. But, you know, Deontay Lawson looks the part. He looked like the only prospect on the field that day that could possibly play uh, Power Five football. There's no doubt about that.
1: But he didn't to yeah,
0: a- play like that.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've been higher on, on Deontay than you for a longer time, but I, I, I will agree with this. I think I do this every year and, and, and did it somewhat last year with the best linebacker in Mobile, Des Moines Kennedy, last year. Uh, when Des Moines was ranked down there in the 200s and around 300 really early in his junior year, I'm like screaming going, everyone, including Alabama, is missing the boat on this guy. They need to take a long look at Des Moines Kennedy. And I was saying the same thing about Deontay Lawson a whole year ago. As a matter of fact, I saw Deontay as a freshman uh, and had him as the number one freshman uh, in Mobile back then because he was a good player right off the bat. But I thought Deontay was really underrated. And then, yay, yeah, I'm, pro- uh, I'm somewhat proven right because he you know, jumps right up the rankings, becomes a big deal. And now I'm like, whoa, 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 put on the brakes. I didn't say that. You know, I mean, I think Des Demoy also ended up, you know, a, a little rated higher than maybe he should have been, and and I think Deontay's getting there to where I'm not really sure he should be, you know, uh, you know, in that spot. That's just a little too high uh, for me. He shouldn't be ahead of Lee Hunter. I, I think the twenty four seven rankings have him a bit high, but not not outrageously high. I mean, to me, Deontay Lawson is about the sixth best player in Alabama, the eighth best player in Alabama, definitely worthy of the Alabama take, definitely good enough to play for Nick Saban's Alabama. I think he's going to be a really good player. He's a really good kid too.
0: Yeah, I've heard that as well. So I think that's a positive sign. He is Alabama commitment. I think, uh, again, I'm like you, I would take him. But I think he's more um, play to mold versus molded clay at this point.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's fair. And to me, he's like, where would I, where should he rank in the country? Uh, right about 100. But, yeah. and I think he's already higher than that. And he's, a, he's, a, I, he's, a 46. he's more like hundred to me, but understand when you say somebody is the hundredth best high school prospect in the country, that is a freaking hell of a compliment. Do you know how many high school football players there are in America? I mean, that's a hell of a – 100 means you're a high four-star, you know, and and that's what he is to me. A high four-star, probably a future NFL player, huge get for Alabama. This borderline five-star business is a little bit too much for me.
0: Here's the other thing. This is the kind of guy I think you and I have been clamoring about in terms of Alabama's got to get these guys from the state – because yeah. th- this is how you keep pipelines open in this state, and this is how you know you have guys who are going to have some love for university. I mean, look, I'm not saying Tua Loa doesn't love Alabama. Of course he does. I mean, or or somebody uh, – throw out another.
1: Najee. high
0: Hightower, Najee Harris, whatever. They, they love Alabama. At the same time, they, they were looking at this as this is um, the best place for me to go to yeah. win a championship and to, you know, further my career professionally. And exactly. somebody like a Deontay Lawson is a guy who's like, hey, I want to do all those things and I want, I hate the shit out of Auburn and Tennessee. So I think that's <laughs> um, So then these last two guys, and boy, this is zipped through. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left for both of them. But um, the last two guys, of course, Dylan Brooks and Kool Aid McKinstry. Uh, it is Jaquincy McKinstry. And I guess his mom just said, you know, I want to make this name as impossible to pronounce t- together with his last name. As possible, JaQuincy McKinstry. It does not roll off the tongue well, but Kool-Aid McKinstry is one of the badass names in all of sports. To
1: <laughs> yeah, I love uh, both of them. To me, they're both five stars. At uh, you know, uh, right. until until I see measurables that disprove it, and I could. I mean, if 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 McKinstry runs a four seven nine, he shouldn't be a five star. If uh, if Dylan Brooks doesn't run what I think he can run, he shouldn't be a five-star. Because to me, five-stars have tape and potential future first-round measurables. Uh, but it, it appears on tape that they both have all of those things. I would rate Dylan Brooks higher uh, because I just, much like the NFL draft, much like the NFL draft, uh, Chase Young, put it this way, Chase Young is an outstanding pass rusher, and Jeffrey Okuda is a perfect NFL cornerback. And Chase Young's going to be drafted higher. And that's why I rate Dylan Brooks one. That reason and that reason alone. Uh, I, I would value a pass rusher over a corner. Not by much, but by a little bit. So I have Dylan one and uh, Jaquincy two, but they're both five stars to me. It's going to be difficult for Alabama to sign both in, in the sense that it's a real battle with Auburn for both. Um, I think Auburn offered Dylan Brooks well before we did. Uh, and they got off to a, a quicker start there. We did offer McKinstry very early, but he played at Pinson Valley with Bo Nicks under Pat Nix for a while, and we got behind Auburn, I think, more or less for that reason. So but we're he, having to Before you a- go
0: too far on that, Jimmy, I want to throw in yeah. um, Ke- Keith Niebuhr, who writes for the Auburn side of 24-7. He actually – and I'm paraphrasing here. I could go and try and find it. But he said, hey, look, this – to him, it feels more like an Alabama-Clemson battle right now. He's heard less Auburn chatter with Kool-Aid uh, of late. And the Bo Nix thing, I think it probably loses some luster. Number one, Bo Nix yeah. hasn't been there, there in, in a year, and he's, mm-hmm. and he's got one more year to go. And his dad is
1: left there. And, and replaced by a Bammer. So And replaced by a Bammer who happened to be a defensive back at Alabama yeah <laughs> so i agree alabama's coming on for both I, I i think over the past year the crystal balls and the guesses have been very blue and orange for both alabama is 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 rising for both but we're coming from behind for both that's what yeah. i'm saying so so you know I, I wouldn't uh i wouldn't be comfortable just yet you're gonna have to recruit those guys like like You know, they didn't grow up bleeding crimson and white. I think Dylan Brooks may have been an Alabama guy growing up. But anyway, they're both, they're both, to me, legit five stars. Dylan Brooks has got first-round NFL tools, and then he displays them on the field on his tape. I mean, I I think down-to-down he can improve quite a bit. I'm not sure he's the dominant presence he should be on a down-to-down basis. But when you look at his 30 best plays from his junior year, oh, goodness. Dude has that first step. He's long. He cannot be blocked. He will run around a tackle. He will run through a tackle. He is a quarterback finder and destroyer. Jaquincy is just a premium athlete. I would love to see his real speed. I'm not really sure, and this comparison is bad because I don't know the speed yet. But right now, my, right now, my comparison for McKinstry is not an Alabama guy. It's Champ Bailey. I mean, uh, to me, he's like, I mean, in terms of similar size at the same age and skills and athleticism, and uh, I, I think Jaquincy is just super athletic. I mean, that, that's, that's got to be the first two words that describe uh, what he is.
0: Um, I totally agree. I I really like him a lot. I saw him play basketball last year and I was really hoping to see him play basketball this year. But they were put out. uh, His teammate, of course, Cam Woods, uh, a point guard that uh, really a scoring guard more than anything that uh, I would love to have on this team, too, even though he's not really even ranked as a three star. I think Cam Woods would be a great addition to Alabama. Don't know that he's going to get that scholarship offer. We've been uh, talking about that for a while on the podcast, too. So, any other news and notes out there you want to throw out, Jimmy? Uh,
1: just, again, we mentioned it yesterday, but really happy Sark didn't leave. Uh, I think uh, he's one of the best assets we have in the football program. I'm really happy we get to see Sark coach Bryce Young right out of the gate and see what Sark can do with him. And, uh, you know, we're, we're we're very close to spring practice starting. I think now we're just about 21 to three, three weeks from today, just three weeks from today, so – Starting with next week's podcast, dude, I think we ought to really jump into the spring depth chart because it's right here on top of us.
0: It is. It's right here on top of us. I can feel the weight of it.
1: It's like
0: a Cody moment.
1: Phil Um, Mathis is heavy.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm going to call him Fedarian from this point. I I, I told you earlier in another podcast. Right. Phil Mathis sounds like somebody who does my taxes. Fedarian Mathis sounds like somebody who will beat your ass on the defensive <laughs> line, and that's I like Fedarian better than Phil.
1: Right. I think Phil Mathis will beat your ass with a slide ruler.
0: <laughs> he said, "Come over here. I've got a uh, what are they? What's that thing that engineers use? the uh, The T square. I'll wrap this T square around your ass if you don't shut up." You remember exactly. when we put Alabama and like you saw the engineers like holding that T
1: square? Do you see all that? Oh yeah, yeah. And I would go, wow, check out the big brain on Brett. Yeah. Is that what they said on Pulp Fiction? Which, like, which was made at which was made after I left Alabama. I, I was always like, hey,
0: yeah, y'all have fun in engineering. I'm gonna be over here at coaching basketball, which is literally a class I took at Alabama. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Jimmy, that's going to do it. We will catch up uh, towards the end of the weekend, and we'll have a, a report on Alabama Ole Miss. I don't have any damn idea what's going to happen in that game. I'm tired of trying to predict Alabama basketball at this point.
1: Uh, I think we play hard, and I think it's tight, and it could go either way, and I'm not getting my hopes up because I'm tired of getting them crushed. But can we win? Oh, yeah, we could win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, also, I highly recommend everybody to go to YouTube and search the, la- the last episode of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm when Larry David is trying to deflate the sex doll. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> you'll know it. You'll know it when you see it. So, all right, it's going to be it. Roll tide. Roll Todd.